Greetings, friends. It's time for another episode of Taking a Deep Breath. Reflecting on our journey of transitions and triumphs is essential in healing and growth. And this podcast is my way to continue on my personal journey. Much of life is how we move from one phase to the next. The nuggets gathered in many of the lessons that we learn on this journey of life are priceless. And today's episode will add to our pile of wisdom. I am more than thrilled and excited to introduce my friend and one-time hurdle rival, entrepreneur and fitness guru, Arnita Champion. I met Arnita at the 1986 sports festival. I think it was 86 where she was my roommate, but I heard of her long before that because I have always been a track information fanatic. And I remember pouring over Starting Line magazine. Do you remember that magazine? I I do. I sure do. (laughs) Starting Line magazine. And what I loved about Starting Line is you could see everybody's data and you can see where people, where, where I fit, which is what I was looking for. But every once in a while, they would put a picture of the athlete next to the data. And I remember seeing the picture of this woman who was a girl back then named Arnita Epps. Mm-hmm. And I followed her career. I don't know if I've ever told you that. I have followed your career just from that little insert from Starting Line Magazine. So welcome to Taking a Deep Breath, Arnita. Thank you. I just took a deep breath because <laughs> all of those emotions just came flooding back. Every <laughs> every memory of us, of course, painting our nails and you painting your nails orange because that was you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. Well, I always like to start our discussion because, and I don't like to think of it as a discussion. It's just two girlfriends talking and we're just That's right. pouring our hearts out as much as we can on a podcast. So I always like to start it off with, give us two to three words that you would use to describe yourself. And then I'll follow up with my description. I That's easy. Cause I've been saying this ever since my dad told me I was this. And that is a champion now, a champion forever. And I know that's more, but that's my story. I'm sticking with it. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) Well, I have three adjectives that I would use to describe you. Okay. I would say gorgeous, friendly, (laughs) and captivating. There's always been something about you that has been alluring and captivating and it draws people in. And as a matter of fact, if I'm really being honest, honest uh, over the years, and especially when we were younger, I was kind of envious of that because, you know, guys would always, I I told you this before, it was always as if I wasn't there because you're (laughs) so beautiful that they would, you know, be in entranced by your beauty, as, as I would say. And then your personality is just like off the chart. You can talk to anybody um, on the face of the planet and yes. it just draws people in. So that's, that's how I see you. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take that too. Shoot. <laughs> because that is, that, that truly isn't, I'm not one to shy back and say, no, I don't look good. I work hard. I, I know I'm not going to be that person that says, oh, no, I'm not all that. 
I'm going to step up to the plate and say, yes, I am. Yes. I truly am. And when you, when you recognize that, you don't allow anyone else to take it from you because, you know, people are like, oh, you're not all that. And you agree with it and say, well, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit. No, I refuse to. Okay. Yes, I okay. am that. Okay. Okay. Well, another piece that I love to add in about our friendship is we're divine nine sisters. I am right? a wonderful, fantastic, awesome sorority of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And you are? I am from the first, the original. <laughs> Sora from Alpha Kappa Alpha Incorporated. <laughs> But we're Divine Nine Sisters, and we're more than that because we've had a longstanding relationship over the years that has just blossomed into, like, as we've aged, it has just blossomed even more so as, as we've aged. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on. Although we're on a podcast that's audio, I can't wait for my audience to have a chance to (laughs) see you physically because what is captivating about you is, is that you're getting ready to turn the big 60, the 60. big six zero. Yes. Yes. The big six zero in 2024. <laughs> yeah. But you look like physically you're about 30. Can oh. I say that? Yes. You 30, can. 35. You can. I'll take that. Okay. I'll take that. I it will is, take it. It's fascinating because I know you just retired from your job. And I remember seeing that video where the guy in the video basically was like, you worked here 35 years? <laughs> Definitely. I, I mean, that that didn't that that video really didn't do any justice because if I could have honed in or shown everyone's face like no, she no, that where's where's the 35 year old or where's the 35 year retiree? Where? Where? Right. Right. Um, if I could have if I was a fly on the wall and they had a camera, you would have been like you would have seen <laughs> you know, mouths drop open. Yeah. And, and I and love, you that. love that. Don't you? I love, don't you know it? <laughs> well, we all I know black do. don't crack. So we know black don't crack, but this yes. is like wowzers. I heard the lady in the audience says, what's your, your exercise routine or your skincare routine? Because yeah, she looks so youthful. So you guys, I cannot wait for you to be able to see what she looks like physically when we post the the, the video introducing this podcast episode because you're going to be shy. I show people all the time. Hey, look at my friend here. And sometimes I'm like, not so kind. Don't she make you sick? Like, look at her. I know. <laughs> but, you tell me that too. You tell me that. And you laugh all the time. Well, I thought we would start mm-hmm. by having a discussion about when it's over, mm-hmm. because I feel like that mm. part of my challenge over the years, which is why I wanted to do a podcast is transitioning out of being Lavana, the track and field athlete into just being regular person, regular life, um, teacher, wife, mom, just regular person. And that was so hard for me. And Mm. I know that that was hard for you. So I just wanted to point blank, ask you a couple of questions. Like what emotions did you go through when you realized that your athletic career was coming to an end? And how did you cope with them? So I would say first, tell the audience what was your event, what you did, what college you went to, and what were some okay. of your accolades. And then can you talk about what the emotions were? 
Yes, 100 meter hurdle, 400 meter hurdler. The genesis was of course 100 meter hurdles because that was my that was my baby. But when they saw that I could hurdle and run a 400, it's like bloop connection, <laughs> let's run the 400 hurdles. Went to Texas Southern University, historically black university. I love it. That totally pivoted my life because I never saw so many black people in my life. Uh-huh. And it was just over, it was overwhelming, but it was welcoming. I mm-hmm. welcome every moment from pledging, from just the the the, the sight of our color, the mm-hmm. sight of women, and not just women, but women supporting one another. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? I, I mean, I loved it. From running track at Texas Southern University, that really opened my eyes for the competition because within the SWAC, you know, division, mm-hmm. we ran against Prairie View, Southern, Grambling. And once again, you come up against your sisters yes. and they, they're not playing. They come with the game face, but then they come with the nails and the hair and, <laughs> you know, they say Flojo started it, but in the, in the, in the background, you still had those women that wanted to represent themselves as beautiful on the track. Because at one point people were calling me he man, Hmm. no she man, because, you know, I was running, you know, well, and the way I looked at times, they were saying, here comes she woman. Hmm. And I got offended by that. So for me, oh, I would, I would want to wear my nails, my hair and everything on the track and slay and don't come to play. Yeah, you so, did that for sure. And and I love that. I love that part. Yeah. But being that hurdler that, and I'm going to just say that attempted to go for the games four times. And you know, Lavana, the, the games, the Olympics, they don't come around every four, every one year. It's every four freaking years. Right. For 12 seconds. Right. And then you you question yourself, is this worth it? For four years, I have to go back looking at the different ranges of emotions and and thinking I can do this, trusting in everything that you can, but only to have fallen, you know, four times. I mean, Mm. who does that and come back? Yeah. Well, I did. I did. But the emotions that played, I mean, you're looking at frustration uh, because I felt, I felt totally despondent because falling short of the Olympic trials finalists in the final falling short each and every time. I mean, that disappointment of being let down, you know, for my dream in competing on the world's biggest stage. Right. I mean, the biggest stage, Mm -hmm. I mean, frustration, disappointment, regret. And you're wondering, did I miss anything? Did I, did I miss anything that I was supposed to do? And then regret of looking at someone else having that opportunity to make the team and what they were going to get and, you know, their opportunities that were open. But I think the main thing that I experienced was grief. Hmm. And I, I didn't have anyone to help me through that process. Hmm. I think that's why I wrote my master's dissertation on what do you do when you miss the mark? No one ever 
plans on missing the mark, but when it happens, mm-hmm. there's a mourning that you cannot express. There's a there's a loss of identity. There's a self-esteem issue that I went through all of that. Yes. Those emotions just kept coming up, kept coming up. And not just when I saw a track meet, but when you look in the mirror, when you find or ask, what am I going to do? What, what's next? And I would imagine that the hardest thing is because I remember we talked about this, you know, 1991, you made the world championship team. And so after making that world championship team in Tokyo, Japan, your, your thoughts are, I'm going to make this Olympic team. So I can imagine that next year, that not happening yeah, yeah. Um, is a devastating blow. We were still friends. I, I guess I'm yes. curious. So uh, how did you feel about that? I mean, I, we were friends and we cheer for each other, but we were still trying to beat each other. Um, oh, heck yeah. And I made that team in 92 and you had to sit and watch that. Was that difficult? I, oh my gosh. That I'm gonna tell you what was the most difficult. I think, and I if you can if you can remember this, Lavana, remember when I didn't make the team, you actually came to my room and you asked me, How are you doing? And I said, No, how are you doing, Olympia? How do you how are you doing, Miss Olympian? And you said, Okay, I'm doing good, but how are you doing? I remember that so vividly. Wow. You still had on your uniform. You had not changed. You were, it looked like you had just came off the track, but I know that you were being interviewed. You were being just trotted around everywhere, but you took the time to come to my room. And I remember that. And you said, how are you doing? Wow. Because you, believe it or not, were my foundation of standing standing on the word. Hmm. I mean, and standing and when you've done all stand, you were that person that drove that Hmm. into my heart. And I was like, I got to stand. Wow. And not making it that not making the team, of course, after the 91 and, you know, just saying, I got this now. I know what it takes Hmm. and get to 92 and psh, history or her story repeats itself. Yeah. I don't, so, I don't recall mm. you ever sharing that with me. Now, anybody who knows me knows that I, I have a hard time remembering a lot of stuff. from back <laughs> <in the> day. <laughs> so, Clearly I only remember what I want to remember, but I don't ever remember you telling me that. So I really, I mean, that just warmed my heart. I appreciate so much you sharing that with me. Um, oh my gosh. I remember it. Mm. Yeah. So knowing that athletes struggle in situations like that, because there's lots of athletes, not just track oh, yeah. and field, but in so many different sports, struggle with finding purpose at the end of their career. How did you discover um, and or how did you transition yourself to finding new passions and new goals in life? It took, I have to say, it took years, Bonnie. It took years. As, as far as coping with it, I didn't. Hmm. I didn't know how I didn't. No one has a book that says, if you don't make the team, these are the things that you do. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. It just says, you know, once you make the team, you don't have to think about anything. Everything's Mm. right in place for you. Where do you go next? Where do you, you know, the, the track meets, the, the publications, all of that, all of that's right there. But when you don't make the team, you're sent home. And I, 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 I felt, this is how I felt. I felt like I was sent home 
with a wound without a Band-Aid, and it was festering over everywhere, just bleeding. And no one even thought to say, okay, let's cover this up and let's heal. Hmm. So coping strategies, I had no idea what they were to the point where I know I sought professional help, a sports psychologist, because it was go through the motions, go through what um, feelings you felt when you hit the hurdle, when you crossed the finish line. And it was, it was freeing, but yet it was so draining. Mm-hmm. So for one coping strategies that I live by that I had to experience, one was seeking professional help. And I didn't want to do it because I was like, they're going to think I'm crazy. I don't right. need to, I don't need a shrink. I'm a world-class athlete. <laughs> right. What the world. Right. That that puffiness, that pride, but I had to reinvent myself. I had to actually pivot and say, what's your purpose? What's your why? Why do you want to keep doing this? Why are you so driven? And I was I had to go back and think because all my life I wanted to be an I wanted to be an Olympian. Hmm. And so it was it was like snatched from me. And I said, now how do I how do I get that? That, that drive back. And so I said, create Olympians, create champions. Mm. You help them live their lifestyle of fitness. And that's what I did. I set new goals and redirected that competitive spirit towards my personal and my career goals. Awesome. So tell us what, what's your business? What is it that you're an that's entrepreneur? Exactly. Yeah. Tell us, tell us a little yes. bit about it. Currently, I am a personal trainer, and I I focus on women that are in their 40s, 50s, and their fabulous 60s, but I've had women in their 20s that can't keep up with me. It's like, (laughs) what the world? You want me to do what? So I am a personal trainer. My business is called Champion Enterprise, where I do motivational speaking, as well as really mentor women that are looking for their purpose as they age, because mm-hmm. that's, that's serious. That ageism is serious. Yes. So um, looking at developing my program, which I will launch probably within two weeks, it's called a champion. Now a champion forever focusing on my four F words, faith, fitness, food, and fashion, because everyone has my four F words. Mm. Everyone, everyone has faith in something. Everyone wants to have a fit body. It doesn't mean they want to step on stage, but everyone has a fit body. Everyone wants a fit body. Everyone wants to eat better and not, I mean, I'm plant-based, but everyone doesn't want to be plant-based, but in moderation, take care of your body. And that's what I implement. And then fashion, you know, I love fashion. What love the world? It. Love I it. mean, <laughs> I go to the mailbox with my pumps on. It's like, mm. <laughs> what do we get today? <laughs> and don't care. And don't care. I just yes. love that. I mean, again, I've been a friend of yours for so long. And I just remember like, we could just be going just somewhere simple to have just a little <laughs> meal and you have to be Fine and fabulous. Yes. <laughs> Lashes, yes. makeup, <laughs> hair set. I mean, it's like wowzers. And I, 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 now I real. I thought it was envy then, then, but now I realize, you know what? I get it. As an aging yeah. woman, I get it. We have to do certain things to allow ourselves to feel good about ourselves. 
And yes. sometimes it is what we put on the outside. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That it really is. Mm-hmm. And, and I look at fashion, as you said, it is what we put on on the outside. But I promise you, if a woman is confident, if someone says, what are you wearing? I would easily say I'm wearing confidence. Hmm. What is that smell? Uh, confidence. <laughs> because confidence is the best accessory that any woman can adorn themselves with. Right. Got it. And it starts from the inside. Yes. Um, forgetting yes. what others have called you and I always say it's not what you what they call you. It's who you answer to. You yes. know, it's I'm not going to be called out of my name, but I know who I am and whose I am. And that's settled. So yes. that's amazing. Yeah. So you have definitely defied what ageism, <laughs> what, <laughs> what a woman approaching 60 like physically looks like. So mm. I, I think you touched upon it a little bit, but can you define ageism to oh, in, yeah. in your in your vernacular and how have you mastered this in your life? Okay. I, I would, when, when I looked at ageism, of course, I thought of racism hmm. and to me, Ageism, of course, is just, you know, discrimination or prejudice against individuals, but based on their age, especially older women. Yes. So I've had that, but I, I, I have to flip it and say I've had it in a, in a positive connotation because women will say, you are not 59. You, you are lying. Right. But what I want to, what I want to do to, a, to, a way, to rise awareness is to dispel those mis, you know, those misconceptions. Mm-hmm. Women that are aging, it's a different breed. Hmm. Now it's a different breed. We're in a, having awareness because, you know, on my Instagram, I am not afraid to say 59. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But raising awareness and having those individuals that are 59, regardless of how they look, regardless of where they've been, to stand up and say, I've weathered the storm. I'm still here. Right. I'm still here standing. Right. And that's what it takes. It doesn't matter what you look like, what you feel like. It's who you are at that moment and what's your next step. Right. So I agree. That's what I'm there for. I'm there to allow them to take that next step. And it's going to be a baby step. And, but that's okay. Right. So how do you deal with women or have you dealt with women that have, you know, that really struggle with that societal misconceptions about aging? Like I I think to myself that I, you know, as a youngster, I had this idea of what 50, I'll be 57, what, what that looked like. And I don't even feel, look, act like anything that I had even thought of myself. So how have you helped some of those women overcome some of those societal misconceptions? And and what are some of those that you think that you deal with? Well, for one, you know, societal misconceptions or that societal pressure Mm. is it's real. Mm -hmm. It is real. And women are experiencing it, but some of them aren't expressing what they're experiencing because they feel that they're going to get badgered or beat down more. Mm. I mean, women of different in different society cultures, mm-hmm. um, it is different. Most women in different cultures are seen when they're aging as wise, as mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, Lavana, I remember when the sisters or the grandmas were the ones that we went to for wisdom.
Yes. Now it's, you know, they're going to see, well, what is, what is the younger person doing now? So I can keep up with them. Yes. No, that's that right there. That's, that's, that's a, that's a formula for failure. Right. But with, with women that are dealing with that, I always say, look who, look who you are now, not who you were before. Mm. And if you do have to look at who you were before, then let's slice the paper and say, what are the pros and cons right now? What are you? Okay. What were you? Uh, I was indecisive. I was, I was a real gullible. I was, and now where you are today, Mm. I mean, putting it down on paper and that's what that's what my program. That's what my program does. It actually pulled pulls back the layers of who you were and who you are now. Because who you are now is what matters. Right. Who you were in the past, you can't change that. You can't bring it back. You can learn from it. My my coach always says, you know, you want to learn from your mistakes. I beg to differ. I want to learn from others' mistakes so I don't have to go through it. Amen and I, amen. I'm like, no, I, I don't have to go through it because Lavana said this happened to her. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I look at that and say, Mm-mm. looking at who you are now and like where that. you want to go. I like so, that. Yeah. I like that. And and it's like I said, with this podcast, it's like having these markers in your life, these nuggets in your life that you can keep mm-hmm. collecting and allow you to journey on and to continue to transform yourself into you know, whatever it is that you want to be. I mean, that's what I love about you is like, whatever it is that you want to be, that's the direction that you take yourself in. And I I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. Well, one of the things that I do like before we sign off is I love what you have done with more specifically your Instagram. Oh yeah. Your Instagram page. And so I think sometimes as we age too, sometimes we don't like to step outside of what's in our comfort zone. And part of stepping outside of that is embracing technology and Mm -hmm. digital literacy. Can you tell us how you have gone? You've done it. I think you've done it marvelously. How you have embraced that and then how you utilize that with your entrepreneurship and your business. Well, for one, it, it does take learning because it's a learning curve. As we get older, it's like, it's not like AOL dial up or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> but social media has, it can make you or break you. Mm. You have to know it's a learning process. As I said, you have to learn the technology. You have to know what it's going to do for you mm. and what you're going to do with it. Awesome. Lifelong, lifelong learning is what you have to look at because it's only going to get more digitally, more social media, you know, platform, all of that. It's not reverting back to, you know, the dial up phone. It's only going to get more. Give you a prime example. You can put up any type of AI and they will respond back to you like a person. Mm -hmm. And that's the digital age that we're going towards. But for me, I looked at it and said, wait a minute, I'm only one person and how I capitalized on the, you know, the internet, the digital transformation. I said, wait a minute, I'm one person, but I can have 60,000 people see me at one time. Hmm. And that, that was mind blowing from video content to sharing my wisdom with my minute mana to sharing with, you know, my failures, my comebacks, my setbacks, but doing it creatively where you have that 
audience that's that's engaging that needs it because you you can spread yourself thin and be like okay I'm doing all of this stuff and women or men will just bypass you but when you have a niche such as my faith, fitness, food, and fashion. Mm -hmm. That's what I do for women in their 40s, 50s, and fabulous 60s. -hmm. Then that's when they come out of the ground. They come out of the woodworks and it's like, okay, wait, 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 what what, what do I need to do? And truth be told is, okay, what do I need to do to look like you? (laughs) I ain't doing, I'm not doing all the stuff that I got there. I tell you that all the time. (laughs) You do. I'm not giving up wine. I'm not going to get, I'll give up some meats, but I'm not going to give up. And I'm not working out like you do, but I will, I will, (laughs) I will do some things in modification. Oh, that's it. That, that word modification is key because we try to be, you know, caught up with the Jones. Right. And Instagram is known for, I want to be like that. I want to be like that. Not knowing, shoot, I know. I know when I work out, it's like, if I do three sets, it's like, I'm only showing them one because I'm panting. I'm (laughs) (laughs) done. I'm out of breath. I'm out of breath. Right. But I look at that and I've capitalized on it because I've been able to educate people through the digital platforms, such as digital PDFs to educate them and say, here, go to my website, pick this up where they wouldn't, they wouldn't any other time even go and Google something because it's readily at their disposal. Mm. And that's what, that's what women in their forties, fifties and sixties are looking for. They don't want to have that oven. You know, it's like, I don't want that used to didn't want to have that oven, like put it in the oven, bake, it's true. We want that microwave mentality. Push yeah. the button. Okay, I'm fine. I'm 50 and fine. Okay. Right, right. But I look at it and say, you know what? You, if you have a microwave, fine. But I'm going to tell you something. You can use that microwave, and it's. I use this analogy all the time, and they get it. You can put your food in the microwave, and it's going to be hot as all get out. You take it out, within minutes, it's going to be cold. Mm-hmm. Because it didn't go through the process of really a natural heating. You put it in the oven and you bake that puppy for a minute. You know, you bake it for 30 minutes, you pull it out. It's going to remain hot. It's going to remain its consistency, its temperature, because it went through a natural progress, a natural process. Mm. And naturally, we're going to age. But naturally, we can walk, we can swim, we can jump rope, we can rebound, which I've had to do all of those. And that's why I say I'm living, I'm living proof that you can do this Mm. and you don't have to go beyond, you know, stepping on one foot, doing a backflip splits that no jumping over hurdles. That's (laughs) I can still do that though. I Mm. I, I ain't doing that either. (laughs) Well, Arnita, that's, I mean, this has been fantastic. I have loved talking to you, loved hearing Uh your story. Tell everybody how they can find you on social media or on your website or just give us, tell us where we can find you. Yes. You know, I've made it easy because I've branded my name. So all you have to do is go to arnitachampion.com. That's my e. That's my website. Arnita Champion is my Instagram. Arnita Champion One is my ex, formerly known as Twitter. 
My YouTube is Arnita Champion. I've made it easy. <laughs> yes. I've made it easy. And we can find all of that just going to your website as well? Yes. Yes. yes definitely. Awesome. awesome. Yes. Well, I am grateful and so thankful that you joined <laughs> me today. And I sure hope that the, our listeners receive some fantastic nuggets and great wisdom from you. And I still am a little bit jealous because you look... <laughs> You look marvelous, but I'm so grateful that you're my friend and that you encourage me as I encourage you. So thank you so much for joining me. Definitely. I'll see you soon. You know that. So yes. here we go. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Arnita. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So this was another episode of Taking a Deep Breath. I'll see you next time. <laughs>